Okay, let's see if we're live here. Up, let's see live. how it's going. No way. We're on. All right. Here we go. So let's go live with Jack Kelly. Good morning. Hey, it's Friday. That means we have a nice weekend coming up. And for today, um, really pretty straightforward. I'm going to have like, it's going to be pretty tight, pretty short, pretty, you know, right to the point. A lot of people um, are having trouble interviewing. Uh, the job market is rough. If you're a mid or senior level professional, white collar professional, it's brutal. It's really tough. It's what they call kind of a, a white collar recession in that while the jobs used to be blazing hot, lots of opportunities, not so much. So now what happens when you start interviewing, if you get an interview, which is hard, so a lot of people are even getting interviews, but if you do get an interview, they're going to ask you a lot of questions and they're going to, because they're not in a rush to hire. So it, instead of interviewing to find the right person, I feel that they're interviewing to find ways to knock you out. And one of the ways they do it, and this is just so unfair because they ask these cliche, trite, standard issue type of questions. And then they evaluate and judge you on that. Whereas, yes, does it make sense that you look at your skills, your background, your experience, your educational background, any licenses, accreditations, credentials? But what happens, particularly lately, I notice, is the people who are interviewing, whether it's interviewers, hiring managers, HR, recruiters, talent acquisition, Maybe because we're in a litigious society, maybe we're all worried about offending somebody, we're all worried about saying the wrong thing and getting canceled. So rather than asking like normal human questions, you've probably seen this trend where it's just those basic questions that, you know, if you look up in any kind of book or online, you know, here are the go-to questions and they're very, you know, milk toast, very plain vanilla what have you, but, but they're looking to see your answers to see, hmm, how does this, not only can you answer it, but how you come across, are you articulate? Do you have good communication skills? You know, are you rolling your eyes when you get these questions? Uh, do you feel like irritated when you answer questions? So they're judging how you, you, know, you look, how you act, what you say, how you answer it. So what I want to do today with Christine, our wonderful, lovely, amazing producer, is she's going to hit me up with a bunch of questions. And I looked at it, but I didn't really do my homework. So I'm going to kind of do this very authentically and genuine and, and all, you know, live. And we'll, we'll, we'll go through some kind of basic cliche. I really wanted to even call this the, you know, the annoying, irritating questions that everyone asks and you, you, you're, you have to suffer through an answer because this is how the life is right now for people who are looking for a job. So what we could do is Christine's going to kind of fire off rapid fire, you know, here are some of the, you know, you know some of the questions and the types of questions that you're going to get. I'll try to give you the best answers I can, what you could say, you know, kind of wrap it up. So this way you could, and I give you uh, everybody who's watching this now and in the replays, you have my permission to plagiarize what I'm saying and, and use it as your own. It's okay. Maybe you could asterisk, 
and say, hey, Jack Kelly gave me this. Or when you get the job, just say, give me a, you know, thanks for helping me out by, <laughs> by giving me the way to answer these questions. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Rapid fire, lightning round. Christine, how about question number one? And before, before we start, I would say <laughs> before you answer it, Maybe okay. reframe the question for the audience and kind of give the motivation as to why they ask this and what they really mean. Brilliant. Yeah. Perfect. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. I'm in. Let's do it. All right. Perfect. So tell me about yourself. Oh, me? Yes. Oh, Jack. about the question. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say, <laughs> so when you, okay, when you hear, so tell me about yourself, okay? Yeah, I know, like when you get there, you're like, what am I supposed to say? You do not want to go back to like when you were in high school delivering newspapers or if you had a paper route. When you tell about yourself, really, the way you want to frame it is this. You want to talk about not your hobbies, not the sports teams you like, you know, not what you do on the weekends. You want to say, you know, what was the question again, Christine? Uh, tell me about okay. yourself. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you focus in and you're interpreting it as what you're doing now and what you're looking to do moving forward. So you're really taking a sidestep because when someone says, tell me about yourself, <clears throat> you know, you normally think you're going to tell about personal anecdotes or what have you. Don't do that. Here's the key. What you want to do is this. You want to say, hey, I'm currently the chief, co uh, uh, the CEO of an executive search firm. I place people on Wall Street. I've been doing this for 25 years. And now I'm looking to get to the next level and take on a role being a, a, an executive uh, for a recruiting firm that does international placements because I've never done that. So I want to take my career to that next level. So you want to be able to say, when you're talking about, tell me about yourself, you're telling about, here's what I do now. And then you list what you do now. I'm responsible for A, B, C, D, E, whatever the cases may be. And then you give a little color on what those responsibilities are. Then you could give, give a little hat tip to what you did maybe in a prior job or two, if it's, if it's relevant to what you're kind of doing now and what you want to do. So now the, the, the interviewer has a color and understanding about what you do, what your job is right now, what are your responsibilities, what are some of your big wins, what some of, what are your achievements, and then also get a taste of what they did previously. Then by sharing a little bit what you're looking to do and why you're interviewing and why you're here in this conversation is because you're looking to do you know, X, Y, and Z, this is something that takes your career to the next level. You're not just looking for another job. You're looking for an opportunity to grow, to develop, to learn new skills, to meet new people, and to keep the forward momentum and progression of, of, your, of, your, uh, you know, of your job search. Um, plus, you also want to make sure that you don't come across desperate or needy. It's just that, hey, this, you know, I'm looking for this opportunity. And if it's great, fantastic. If it's not, you know, it, you would say this out loud, but with the idea of like, hey, I'll just move on to the next one. Okay, so how's that, Chris? Does that give a good, good start? Yes, you broke it down perfectly. Okay, all right. How about number two? Question number two. Why are you interested in this position? Okay, another really good question. What happens 
And we've all seen this. And let's be frank, just between us, we know we all do this. When people apply, you just hit that boom, apply button, apply, 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 apply. You know, you're shooting your shot. You just want to get your resume out there. They call it sometimes spraying and praying, just sending a resume everywhere. And the HR people, the hiring managers, the interviewers, the recruiters, they know that you're doing that. They know that you're just sending out resumes, especially during this kind of market, which is tough. You just want to kind of try to hit everything, hoping, praying that maybe somebody somewhere sees it. Oh, wow. Jack has the right resume for this. Yay. So because they know that we know that they know that we're doing this, when they ask why you're applying here, why are you interested in this job? They want to separate a person who's just slinging a resume, hoping for the best. They want to find somebody who really wants the job, who's really interested in the job and the opportunity. So your answer to it, the way, like Christine was saying, to reframe it, you frame it is that here's why I'm interested in this job. Um, here's, you, you want to explain what do you have in your background, your experience, your educational um, you know, background, academic background, your talents, your soft skills, your communication skills that lend itself to this particular role. You want to match up your, your current job responsibilities with what the, res what the job description has. Almost you want to make sure you're doing that checklist so it shows that you have knowledge and experience in each one of the things that's on that job description or as much as possible. Then also, you, you, a company doesn't necessarily want to see that you just want to do the same exact thing because then they're going to question, why are you going to move? If you're just going to do the same thing here, huh? That's what they're thinking, the interviewer. So you want to also let them know what are some of the reasons why you want this particular company. Now, it could be you like their mission statement. It could be that they share the values and systems that you and that you like and you, you also are interested in. Uh, it could be that you've always wanted to work for a certain company because maybe it's the top in the field. It could be that maybe you've known people who work there and they gave you great feedback about what it's like there. It could be that it's a preeminent company and you feel if I could get in there, you know, that's going to really help me out because I'm going to take my game to the next level. And then also, you know, by, and you don't want to say this, but this is kind of what you're thinking, that if you get in the door with a top tier firm, that's on your resume and that's going to be forever. And that's always a good thing to have because then when you go for the next job they can say hey jack worked at such and such and that's a great that's one of the best firms ever he must be really smart and really good so what you want to do is kind of have all the reasons why you want the job you want the opportunity why are you good for it why your skills fit why it makes sense and this way the interviewer would be nodding his or her head going okay as opposed to a person just saying, well, you know, I saw the job description look really interesting. Or, you know, I saw the posting and I think I'm a right fit. Or, 
you know, I saw, you know, the posting and someone told me about it. So I sent my resume. That's not going to be exciting or appealing to a hiring manager because then they're going to think you really don't care. You didn't put much effort into it. It doesn't seem you have any connection with the company. It doesn't feel like you're excited about the company or the opportunity and you just want a job. Now, we could all say, yeah, I just, let's, let's be honest. It's almost like a meme, like a joke where like they say, hey, why do you want to work here? Like, I just want a job. So even though we know that we just want a job, you want to come across like, no, but this job, not just a job, but this job at this company, you know, working for this manager, that's what I want. This is perfect. And you, you, if, you, if you hear my voice and my tone and my manners, I'm amping it up because when you do interview, you, you want to show passion. You, want to, you don't have to be a, as over the top as myself. I get a little carried away. But you want to show that you're, you're super interested and excited. So many people, so many times I get feedback from, from, from hiring managers that the person is just like, I don't think the person was interested in the job, right? And here, here, here's all the time. So the feedback I'll get is, I don't think, you know, Joe wants the job. I'm like, what? Joe loves the job. We talked about this for the last couple of weeks. I've been preparing for the interview. What are you talking about? Well, he was just very reserved. He's very quiet. You know, he kind of gave just yes and no answers. And that's not what you want to do. And I know, Christine, I'm deviating a little bit from, from the, you know, the question, but I think this helps so that when you are answering these questions, you want to be authentic. You want to be genuine. You want to be positive. You want to be upbeat. You want to be excited because that's what sells. If you just go in there and say, yeah, I, I really like the company. I heard great things about it. I think this would be good for my future. And yeah, I, I really hope that you will interview me and maybe give me an offer. That's not going to work. No one wants that kind of person working for them. They want a person who they feel is going to go through brick walls for you, that this person is going to do whatever it takes to succeed and make the boss, make your life easier and better. They're going to look at, you know, at that person and say, wow, this person has energy, drive, motivation. Yeah, we're going to go with that person. Okay. What do you think? Number three. Yep. What is your greatest strength? When they ask you the greatest strength, to reframe it again, do not think about your personal life. Think about your hobbies, sports you play, things of that nature. When you say the greatest strengths, hyper-focus on work. And once again, similar to the other questions, you want to find out the greatest strengths. What, think about what you're best at. What are your best attributes? <laughs> what's, what's something that you are better than most people at? What are things that people would always applaud you for and say, hey, you're great at such and such. You're great at this. You want to focus on those aspects. You want to just talk about your greatest strengths. It could be that you're a great salesperson and you beat your quota every quarter. It could be that you're responsible, you're a software developer and, and look, let me show you 
the codes I wrote and let me show you the projects I worked on and let's and I'll let me show you all the success that it had. So you want to kind of bring to the forefront where the hiring manager, the interviewer, the people who are you know reviewing your resume can say, wow, this person really has, in addition to what I'm reading the resume, but I could see they've really done a lot and accomplished a lot. And you want to fine tune it. So once again, it addresses the, the job description, the job advertisement, so that when you're talking about your strengths, if your strengths don't align with when you're taking off the boxes on the job description, that's not going to help. You want to match it up. So you want to also very specifically kind of have a bespoke focus on like, okay, um, my strengths are these, but they coincidentally, you wouldn't tell them coincidentally, but I'm saying coincidentally, all your strengths align perfectly with all the bullet points on the job descriptions. So this way they feel, wow, okay. And a lot of times to reframe these questions, you don't have to answer the exact questions. Think about, think about politicians. How often do you see a politician gets asked a question? It's pretty much a simple question, but yet they dance around the direct answer, but then they talk about what they want to talk about. They go back to what they call in politics, their talking points. You know, they have, this is what they have to say. And every time they go on a speech, they say it. Now, when you hear a politician do it a lot, you kind of like, Ugh, again, but it reinforces the message. Similarly, when you're interviewing, you want to have your talking points. So you could re you're so comfortable when the question comes up, you could just cite them almost automatically knee jerk reaction why you have all those backgrounds, experiences, uh, talents that fit with this role. And that's why it makes such a great fit. And these are my strengths. And it happens to be perfectly in sync with what you're looking for. And then for the hiring manager, even if they were thinking about strengths other than the job, they're not going to want to bother asking more like you know, personal questions, or what have you. They're just going to be happy. Okay. It's almost like, a lot of times these HR people, and I'm not saying this is a disparaging way. It's like, you're just taking off the boxes. You just want to, you know, you want to make sure, is this person sounding normal? Are they sounding like a psycho? Do they sound like I could work with them? They, be, uh, they come across weird. Do they come across nice. And do they actually have the goods? Do they have the stuff to back up what they're saying? All right. So question number four. What is your greatest weakness? Now, the greatest weakness, here's how I would reframe it, is this. Don't tell them your weakness. Just because they ask, you don't have to say exactly the weakness. What you do is you want to find things that really do not relate to your job as a weakness. So, for instance, let's say you're a, a stockbroker or an investment banker or a compliance officer. <laughs> excuse me i don't know if any of you guys have i have non-stop allergies that's going on since the summer this is crazy so you uh um so when you have let's say a compliance officer accountant a lawyer let's say you're those professions you could say 
well, I'm, I'm really good at, and then maybe you're talking about your legal skills or what have you, but I'm really not that well-versed in software developing or software engineering or building code, writing code, or, you know, uh, doing things of that nature. Now, it's okay to say that as a weakness because it has nothing to do with what's important to your job. So it's almost like a throwaway. You know, now, if it, if let's say you had, you're going to apply for a job that you need to do coding and all that kind of stuff, well, saying that's your weakness is not going to be good. But if you're in a role that doesn't really need to do this, then like, big deal. So you could say, that's my weakness. Then they may come back and say, well, because they might get nervous. And the interview might say, well, do you know about like how to use AI platforms? Do you know how to use, you know, uh, you know Zoom video? Do you know how to use whatever? Because they're getting worried. Oh, yeah, of course. When I say weakness, I mean really getting involved you know, with actually writing the code to build something. Oh, uh, okay. So then they like not worry like, oh, man, this person doesn't know how to operate a computer. So then you want to clarify. It. So that could be a weakness. Now, let's take, I mentioned about a software engineer, software developer. I'm generalizing now, not everybody is like this, but kind of what I've seen a lot by hosting the Blind Ambition podcast, where I deal with a lot of techies, there's a certain number of them that politely, let's say, lack a little bit of the communication skills and the softer skills. So if let's say somebody was looking for a job doing the software developing, and maybe they say their weakness is that I know I could work more on my communication skills and my soft skills. That really wouldn't be a terrible weakness because that's kind of known in that sector. And again, I'm completely, utterly generalizing. Not everyone is like that. I'm just giving this for, you know, for purposes of this conversation so you can kind of get a mindset around it. So that would be okay because they would feel, okay, most people who are, let's say, great coders, they're putting on their, you know, the noise cancellation headphones or they're just listening to music or what have you and they're just head down doing their stuff. And so the muscles for communication and softer skills kind of atrophy a little bit because they're more focused on that. And that would be understanding as a weakness. And they could understand that because then they could also coach the person to improve on their communication skills. Okay. So we're good. We're going good so far, right? Yep. Perfectly. All right. What are we up Next. to? Five? Why should we hire you? Ooh, good question. I guess the answer can't just be because I'm awesome. Does that work or no? I'll need you to elaborate. <laughs> That's not good enough. So, so <laughs> when someone says, why should we hire you? That's like a big softball question. That's like, just give a big fat softball right over home plate. The reason I say that it's, they're giving you the opportunity to give your elevator pitch of who you are, what you're about and why you're perfect for the role. For those who really aren't terribly familiar with an elevator pitch, it's kind of an old, old fashioned term where once you get into an elevator in a big skyscraper, and let's say you're a salesperson and you meet in, in the elevator, like on the 
ground floor, you look, you go, oh, that's the CEO of this company. I'm trying to pitch that guy on something. And then, and then during that time from the ground floor to maybe the seventh floor, you have that short span, that short window of time to pitch that person on what you're trying to sell them. And then by the time the door opens for them to leave, you're already shaking hands and you, 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 you have each other's information and you're hopefully can get a deal done. So it's a, so in terms of the job search and interviewing, an elevator pitch is where you want to be able to clearly and concisely, really just in like 30 seconds to maybe a minute to tell about who you are. And a lot of this sounds familiar because they all, they, all these questions wrap around the same kind of things. So when, when you're saying, why me? Why should I hire you? Then you're talking about your elevator pitches like, hey, here's what I do. And you walk through everything that you're doing. And then you say, as we talked even before, what the job calls for. And then you could address almost point by point how you've worked with those different items. You know about it. You've excelled at it. You're aware of it. There's some new things that maybe you're not aware of because you always want to show that you want to learn and grow so that while you're talking about all your skills, all your background, everything you bring to the table, you could also say that I'm looking to take my career to that next level. And because looking at the job description and what it calls for, I, I, pretty, I have about 90 something percent of, of what you're asking. And here's why I say 90% and you go through it all. But for that extra 5% or even more, that's why I want to look. I want to take my career to that next level. I want to be able to learn and grow and push myself and take it up a notch. So this way, the interviewer kind of gets it. What happens to a lot of folks, you get tripped up. You really didn't think through why you want this job. Because, and I'm not faulting anybody in a tough job market, it boils down a lot of times. So I just want a job. I just, God, I just need a job. I don't want to do this song and dance again and again and again. I just, please, I just want this job. Like, do I, I, why do I have to do all this? Just, can I just say, here's who I am. This is what I am. I'm doing, but you got to go through this. And the more you prepare, the more you go through it. I would say you want to role play with trusted friends, family, so that you can go over these questions. Because trust me on this, and you've probably been through this, in your head, when you're answering a question, it doesn't even have to be about interview. Think about it. It always sounds freaking brilliant in your head. Like, oh my God, this is genius. This is amazing. But then the first time you start talking about it, you're like, um, huh, um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, and you get distracted, not sure, and it comes out terrible. So when you're interviewing, you don't want to be the, you don't want it to be the first time you're actually saying this out loud. It's okay in your mind to run it through a whole bunch of times, but you want to try running it through with somebody else. And if there's no one else, maybe your cat or your dog or your goldfish, or just out loud. And I know 
it's going to be weird when you do that. But trust me on this. You do not, you do not want to just go into an interview without having said it, these things out loud for the first time. Because once you do send it out loud, you're going to realize a lot of things you had in your head sounds a little cringy, sounds a little weird, needs some polishing, needs some, some, some tweaking. So you want to get all that out of the way before you go into that interview. Okay. We have time for another couple more, Chris? Yep. Do you have any questions for me? All right. I love this because this is such a, a, a wild thing. So many people over the years would always say, so Jack, what do I do when they say, like at the end of the interview, do you have any questions for me? And they're so fixated because somehow, somewhere, it's planted in the brains of people that at the end of the interview, you have to come up with questions. So what happens is that you're so preoccupied with what questions should I answer or ask at the end of the interview that you can't focus on the damn interview while you're doing it. Because all your, your head is like your monkey brain is just thinking, oh my God, what am I going to ask? What am I going to ask more? And you're not even paying attention. One of the keys to succeeding in the interview is this. You want to be present in the moment. And what I mean by that is <clears throat> no distractions, no fiddling around, no looking around, you know, wherever you are, no looking at your watch, no like tapping your fingers, you know, no like just moving around like I constantly do, which is not good, but I admit it, you know, always kind of, you know, wiggling around, trying to get comfortable in my chair, touching my face, doing whatever, playing with your hair, looking, looking at the camera to see you looking all right. You, most people, let's be honest, come on, let's be honest here. How many people when they're interviewing, you're on a Zoom call, you spend more time looking at yourself to make sure, how do I look? How do I look? And then maybe if you're on with a paddle, checking everybody else out to see, huh, how do they look? Oh, I look better than them. Or wow, no, I look terrible compared to these people. This is horrible. And completely distracted. So for the interview, you want to just, just hone in on the interviewer, the hiring manager, whoever you're speaking with, that is the most important person in the world. You just want to make sure, lock eyes, make eye contact. Don't be a creepy steering, just staring, like nonstop, not blinking, but you want to show that you're listening. You want to nod your head as they're talking and you, they're agreeing. You want to mirror their speech. So if they're talking a little slowly, you talk slowly as well. <clears throat> you want to reframe what they say. So if they say, hey, we need somebody who really knows a lot about, you know, one, two, and three, then you would say, oh, it's interesting because if I understand it, you need someone who could do one, two, and three. And I've been doing that for the last five years. So that seems right on target for me. And by staying highly invested in the current conversation, is going to draw in the hiring manager to really like you. To take, <clears throat> to take the next step is that what happens is this. Rather than waiting for the end to ask questions, organically, 
ask a question when it arises. Now, what I mean by that, you don't have to make up a question just for the sake of a question. As you have this dialogue going, and let's say they say whatever it might be, and you're not sure, then that would be a good point to say, huh, Mr. Mrs. Interviewer, you, met, you just mentioned about blah, blah, blah. I'm really not familiar with Bob. Can you, can you please just refresh or could educate me? What exactly does that mean? And then they would say, oh, this is what it means. You go, oh, I thought so. And then you could reframe it. Oh, yeah, so it's this, 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 this. Okay. And then you could, then once you do that, <clears throat> I think the comfort level then subsides a little bit. So now your worries about asking a question at the end isn't in the foremost of your mind. Now what you're doing, you're thinking of as we're having this conversation, like normal human beings have conversations, you interject when appropriate. So as it goes along, don't obsess over waiting for the end to come up with a question, but ask them as you generally feel there's a question to be asked. You don't want to force it. You don't want to push it too much, <clears throat> but you want to bring it up. So then towards the end of the conversation, when they say, hey, do you have any questions for me? You're not going to have that terror of like scrambling to think, oh my God, what to ask? Now, you might actually have some very legitimate questions because you had a half hour, hour interview and it'd be understandable to have certain questions to, to, to find to. Or if you've been asking a lot of questions throughout it and you don't now want to feel like you're being pushy and annoying, you could say, hey, Ms. Interviewer, I really appreciate all the time you've taken to, to, to interview me, to ask questions and to elaborate on everything. So I feel I really have a great understanding about the job, the company, you know, what you do, how I could help you, you know, to succeed, how I could add value to the organization. So I really appreciate you taking the time and walking me through this and, and, and being patient to ask some of my, you know, my questions. Um, so that I think I have such a great feeling for it. And hopefully by this dialogue, you have a better feeling for who I am and what I'm about and what I bring to the table. And I'd add a couple of other little, little tidbits to do. When you're speaking with somebody, it's, it's good to use their name in the conversation. So let's say the interviewer's name is Christine. Every once in a while, uh, you would put in there, so Christine, I'm curious about whatever. And a little later on, so Christine, what do you think about this? You don't want to overdo it, but if you just do it enough, when, and check this out, like if you haven't noticed yourself, you'll see this. When someone uses your name in a conversation, there's this weird psychology, you know, hack that like all of a sudden you jump, you know, like you come to attention. It's very, I don't know why or how that works, but it works. And if, if you don't believe me, just try it next time when you talk, when you, when you use somebody's name and sprinkle it in. But if you do it too often, it becomes annoying to the person. So you do it sparingly. Plus, when let's say somebody's talking and you agree with them, you want to just gently kind of nod your head along, showing that 
you know, you get it, you understand what you're talking about. And they feel that too. So they feel like, oh, you know, Jack gets it. He's understanding. He's, he's following along. He's paying attention. Um, and then if, if, if all of a sudden you lose track, then it's okay to say, mm, I think I'm, I, I'm missing something. Can we talk about so this thing again, I want to make sure I completely understand it. Is that okay, Christine, if we kind of go and just go over this one more time? Thanks. So this way, now you're asking a question and then you're using the person's name and, and you're, you're in the moment because you're focused on it. Okay, Chris, do we have another one? Yeah. Um, can you explain this gap in your resume? Hmm. Isn't that one of the things where like people are so angry? It's like, I have a gap because I wasn't working. You know, I have a gap because, you know, the economy sucks, the job market sucks, and I was laid off because my boss is a jerk. And if you haven't noticed, there's been tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people laid off. So yeah, there's a gap. It's it's like one of those questions where it's like, really, are you going to ask me that? But clearly, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't respond that way. But it's one of those things where I really empathize with job seekers because when you have a gap, that means you're in between work. It could be for a short period of time. It could be for a long period of time. And in our culture, it's all about, you know, you have to be successful. You have to be always winning. You have to be doing something great. So then if you're in between jobs, unfortunately, Sometimes there's this stigma. Oh, why is Jack between jobs? What happened? What did he do wrong? What did he do? And then if there's a long-term gap, then it gets even worse. Like, why were you not working for nine months? Nine months, you couldn't find a job? What's wrong with you? What did you do? Now, they're not going to say that, but they're thinking that. And it sucks and it's unfair and it's wrong because we're human and things happen. You know, you, you get laid off, you get downside, you have to take maybe take a pause because a, a family member is sick. There's a multitude of reasons. So what you want to do is come up beforehand, knowing that you have a gap and predicting that they're going to ask you about it. You want to have, remember I said about the elevator pitch? You want to have a pitch to answer that. And it's very important to have some sort of pitch to answer it because this is one of these questions that it's raw. You know, it's raw nerves. It's like you're putting salt on an open wound. And when you don't want that in real life and you don't want that an analogy kind of thing in the interview where you know you're upset because maybe your boss unfairly let you go in a layoff and you don't think you deserve to be let go because you were better than the other people who stayed there. So you have this like, you know, you're not happy about it to begin with. And then you're interviewing and you can't find jobs and you go there. And then when they ask about a gap, you just, just get, it just bothers you and it's hard to get over it. So it gets, it's almost like this, you're waiting for it to happen and your blood pressure goes up and you, and, you, and, you, and you get red in the face and, and your heartbeat starts going mad because you know what's going to happen. They're going to delve into it. They're going to poke the wound. They're going to dwell on it. They're going to think the worst. And you're just like, God, can't you just be human? Can't you just be nice and normal? But it happens. 
So when you have a gap, first thing to do is give whatever happened, happened. Um, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, I worked at, um, you know, XYZ tech company. And if you haven't noticed, there's 250,000 people in the tech industry in 2023 that were laid off. And unfortunately, I was one of them. Um, however, I've always received great commendations and recommendations. And I was always ranked top within my sector. Um, but as you know, when you have tens of thousands of people getting laid off, that's a lot of people getting laid off. And I was one of them. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm using this time now to, and then you can kind of fill in what you're doing. Now, if you just say interviewing, it's okay, but maybe try to find some other things to put in there so they know that you're, you're, you're doing something proactive because it's so unfortunate that there's like a prejudice. If somebody is in between jobs for a certain amount of time, there's this thinking that it's you, you did something wrong. What did you do? I'm sus. I'm thinking something's up and you just don't want to tell us. So the thing is you got to kind of knock those ideas out of, out of their mind. You got to let them know, Hey, you know, I, I, I could give you recommendations. I could give you the names of people. Feel free to call them up. My boss, you know, from this company, my boss from that company, peers, um, other folks who work with me who could, who could say if you want to call them or I could give you, you know, written recommendations so you know that I've done a great job. Um, I was caught up in this layoff and I'm sure you've seen it and read about it because this has been all over the press. Um, and I'm using this time now and just fill in what you really are doing. Maybe you decide like, I just want to take some time off. Maybe you've been working since high school through, you know, throughout college and then post-college just working, working. And maybe like, you know what? I just need, I need a little bit of a sabbatical. I need a little change of pace. So maybe I'm going to do some traveling. Perhaps your, your spouse or partner was doing all the heavy lifting and you're like, you know what? I think I'm, I'm going to use this time to really just focus and be with the kids and be with the family. And be, and I, I haven't been able to do that for the longest time. And this is great. Maybe you have somebody in your family who has an illness that you need to take care of. So there's a myriad of things that are going on and you can feel free to share that because you're better off sharing it than just leaving it blank. Because if you don't say anything, it may, trust me on this, they're going to feel something's up. So you want the person who's interviewing to walk away from the conversation, go, oh, okay, I get it. I, I recall that there's this big layoff and yeah, I've seen lots of layoffs and it's interesting. So if we move forward, the, you know, Jack has the references and recommendation letters so he could apply. So that's good. Um, and then he, I like some of the things he's been doing in the interim. Uh, you could also throw in that I've been taking online courses uh, to kind of learn new things. I've been taking some different classes to get um, a further education, uh, maybe a certification uh, for something, you know, that's relative to your, you know, relevant for your industry. So maybe you know, I, I'm getting something about AI or something about what have, whatever makes sense, what space you're in. So this way it shows like, oh, this person is actively engaged in doing things and being proactive. So even though they're downsized, they're not being boohoo, woe is me. They're taking assertive actions to move forward, progress, and they're not letting it, it stop you. 
because that also shows a lot to the interviewer that you have gumption, that you're not going to quit, you're not going to take this lying down, and you have that mindset and ability to say, hey, you know what? This happened to me. I'm, I'm not going to let it take over my life. I'm going to do whatever I can to move forward, to succeed, and do better. And I'm not going to let this get me down. And your mindset could also be, despite having this gap, you're going to want to have this mantra that I'm going to find another job, a better job, more money, more opportunity. So two years from now, three years from now, I can look back and say, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because if I didn't get laid off, I never would have had now this new, better, awesome job, making more money and have a greater career path. So if you think in those terms, instead of dreading that, why do you have this gap? Now you're kind of armed with all the information so that you don't have to kind of go into that just cringing. Oh, they're going to ask me this again. I don't want to talk about it. And to go back to what I said earlier, you want to talk it through a bunch of times. So when this comes up, because this is one of the ones that really kind of hurt people, really bothers them emotionally. So if you go through it enough times, when they ask you, it could be on autopilot. Now, when I say an autopilot, I don't mean to be robotic, but autopilot meaning you could disassociate yourself a little bit from it. So the emotional impact isn't as great because you could just now say it stream of consciousness, going through it, that question is over, move on to the next question, it's behind us, and that's it. And you're not taking too much oxygen, focus on that, just one question, and then you lose your energy and the rest of the, you know, your rest of your energy just falls apart. This way, close that door, open the other door, boom, and you're still ready to go. Wow, I think that was a lot. What do you, what do you think, Chris? This is fantastic. I think you're helping <laughs> So many people get over the hurdle of interviewing. Yeah. So, so thanks, Chris. So hopefully this helps. Um, clearly, this is just opinions from one person. So, but I think it's a good starting point. I think this is a good starting point. I believe we put in the notes um, for you know the LinkedIn Live, the podcast about some other questions there, and I believe like some of the Forbes articles I wrote about you know interviewing and what to say, what not to say, what to do. Um, I have even more, and if you like, let me know. I could I could also put them in throughout the day, so this way you could read through them, get an idea, um, and then as you're doing interviews or you have questions, or maybe I didn't answer one of the questions that you wanted to hear, just just send a note in you know the thread from uh, what Christine posted today about this uh, you know this LinkedIn Live podcast, so this way I could answer it, and then others could feel free too. So this way you get other other insights because although I think I have you know some good insights, there are lots of people out there who are really brilliant. I'm connected with a, you know so many recruiters and career coaches who are really good at, at giving advice and guidance. So there's a lot of people out there who who could help. So feel free to put in there, and and I bet you a whole lot of other people could chime in and help out. So I, I hope I hope this was helpful. I figure it's so challenging right now that at least maybe this gives you some additional ammunition when you go into these interviews and give you some other ideas and get you motivated that you can answer these questions, you can answer them well, and you can succeed and you can move forward and you can get a new job and build that life. So thank you very much for watching. I really appreciate your support and, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll have a great weekend. I'll see everyone on Monday. Thanks.